0: Welcome to
1: the church. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church.
0: Welcome to the church.
1: Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church.
0: Welcome to the church. You are listening to another message from the Pentecostal Church in Normal, Illinois. Our mission is to honor God, love people, discover truth.
1: The Bible says this. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a familiar scripture. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Everybody say me. me. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Listen, somebody's facing some things. There's some real stuff That's going on out there. That ain't the Lord. (laughs) God isn't up there sitting going, huh, I wonder if Josh can take this. I wonder if Jay and Naomi can handle this. He's not just sitting up there because his word says they are plans of good and not for disaster. And this is what I'm preaching. To give you a future and a hope. It is December 31. We are walking into a gate, my brother. We are walking into a promise. And God has a future and He has a plan, not just for a pastor of a church or not just a body, but believers in the body, members of the body, the finger, the elbow, the arm, the leg, the knee, the foot, the toe. God has a future for us. And for just a little while, I want to preach about this, a future to be excited about. Come on. When was the last time you got excited about tomorrow? Today is going to be that day. Because we are going to get excited about tomorrow. I know we're all going to stay up late tonight and we're going to watch the ball drop or whatever. And you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to be tired and you're going to say it's another day. No, it's not another day. It's a day that we're walking into the Lord. There is excitement in the house this morning. There is joy and hope and peace because of the Word of God today. Come on, somebody get excited with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for your abundance. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you, God, from the beginning of the service. God, before we ever got here, your presence has ordained this place Lord I pray God that you would move through us right now God remove every obstacle every distraction God let him lay us aside like weights God so that we can receive and we can reveal unto you our your promise Lord in Jesus name we pray amen Woo! I'm ready to preach this morning you could be seated I'm spitting all over myself I gotta calm down I might have a heart attack listen if I have a heart attack just come pray for me and somebody else keep on going that's what we got that's excitement there's joy and excitement in the house who's excited about the new year who's excited about your future let me ask you a question are you an optimist or a pessimist those are the two views of lens that most people view life out of you have the optimist and you have the pessimist and as we walk into the new year we have some that look and they say, whoa, there's excitement on the horizon. And we have others look to say, just another year of trouble. Come on, can I get a witness, anybody? When, you're, when you look at a glass of water, is it half empty or is it half full? Which one is it? When you face trials and problems of life, do you face them with hope? Or with despair. I'm not telling you these are bad. I'm just telling you we're one of the two. We're the optimist or the pessimist. I could tell you at times my wife would tell you that I am a pessimist. (laughs) I could tell you at times, all of the time, my wife is an optimist. She is just joy bottled up in a body and it just, right, Ash? But there are times that she will tell you that I can be a pessimist. I'm not looking down my nose this morning at an optimist or pessimist. What I'm trying to do is lay out a statement that God has put before us. It is said that an optimist, when looking at a donut, sees the whole donut. But a pessimist only sees the whole in the middle of the donut. And they say, why is there a hole in my donut? (laughs) They say, why can't I get the whole thing? An optimist is a person who sees an opportunity in every trial, while the pessimist sees a trial in every opportunity. Are you following me this morning? There are two lenses where we look at the now and the future. We don't look at them in the past because that's a Monday morning quarterback. We look at in the future. And I'm not talking to you about right now. I'm talking to you about two hours. Hours from now, three hours from now, 30 days from now, 60 days. I'm talking to you about a future. The optimist believes this is the best of all. Anybody excited about right now? This is the best of all. And tomorrow is the best of all. And the next day is the best of all. You know what the pessimist says? The pessimist fears that the optimist is right. That this is the best of all. And there is nothing more because the optimist is excited, but the pessimist is like, well, there should be more. Are you with me this morning? The optimist is the person who drops his car off in the parking lot and then walks in without looking back. The pessimist looks both ways when they're crossing a one way street. (laughs) Anybody do that? Come on, I've watched some of you cross the road. You're looking both ways all the time. Mark Twain, then there's some people that don't look at all. They just <laughs> Mark Twain said there is nothing sadder in life than a young pessimist, somebody that can't dream, a young person that has lost the vision, lost the ability to see that there is greatness ahead. That is, there's nothing sadder. Well, I want to add to what Mark Twain has to say, and I said there's no person of any age that has lost sight of hope. Because when we lose sight of hope, it doesn't matter whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. All it is is a toilet bowl that's going down in the drain. Can I get anybody to testify that there are times in 2023 where you just said this whole thing is going down the toilet? Come on, there were times where you sat back and you looked at your own life and you said, wow, can it get any worse? You looked and you said, there is no hope. Oh, what a sad reality when there is no hope. Because hope is all that we have to cling forward to. I don't care if you're the optimist or the pessimist. It doesn't matter as long as you have hope. Because a pessimist can grab hope and say there's more. And an optimist can grab hope and say this is the best there ever has been. Because hope is where? It's at. Hope is not just a painting or words on a page. Hope should be what gets us up in the morning. If you got a problem getting up in the morning, it's because your hope has been drained. If you got a problem getting up in the morning, it's because hope has been lost. Hope is what gets us up. Hope should be the peace that helps us fall asleep every night. Any insomniacs in here? You know why you can't fall asleep? Because your hope tank is drained. Because you think you're going to miss something while you're sleeping. It doesn't have to do with your schedule. I saw you raise your hand brother. It doesn't have to do with your schedule. It has to do with the hope and the fact that when you wake up in the morning, the same joy that you fell asleep with is going to be the same joy that you get up with in the next morning because that's a hope and a glimmer of excitement of a future. I am excited this morning. I want to preach this morning as we walk into this new year. There is a comparison between an optimist and a pessimist, but the only difference in both is the hope that either one of them have or don't have. Both the optimist and the pessimist have their places. The optimist is the one who invented the airplane. Did you know that? But you know what the pessimist invented? The parachute. (laughs) Because he said, I'm not flying in this tin can. I'm going to have some hope behind me. We need an optimist to keep us moving. And we need the pessimist to make sure we're going in the right direction. I've heard it all before and I'll echo it this morning. It takes all kinds. Hear me this morning. We are not a cookie cutter body. We are not a body that says all the optimists sit on this side and all the pessimists sit on that side. We are a blended family. We need the optimist and we need the pessimist. But if we don't have Jesus, none of it matters. God is what we need in this future that we are walking into. God is the reason that you came into this house this morning. You didn't get up just to see my new jacket that I got for Christmas. You came because the spirit of the Lord drew you to this place like water out of the faucet. You've been drawn in a poor at a time, a poor at a time. God yearning you to come. Why? Why? Why did he yearn you to come? You know why? Because he's got a future for you. He's got a future for you to be excited about. He's got possibilities and abundance all written on your register, and all he's waiting for is for us to walk into it and say, "God, I'm here to receive this morning." The Bible is clear about the our, about the future—not our just our future, but about the future, a future if if it's had to be found it's got to be found in the arms of the Almighty. we've taken the advantage anybody got one of these we have the advantage to go all the way to the back of the book and we have the advantage to see where it says he wins. Did you know you can read that? Now I'm going to get a little carnal here for you for a minute. If there was a book that had the winning lottery tickets numbers, I don't recommend it. I'm just I'm just being carnal and using. I'm gonna step out of the pulpit, but I'm still gonna hold my Bible. If there was a book that had the winning lottery ticket numbers in the back of it, wouldn't you turn there and read it? Don't nobody lie, you're in the house of the Lord this morning. You would read that book, but yet for some reason we get to the back and we see that the Lord wants and we go, well. I don't know, I'll decide if I want to follow him or if I'm not. Why would you want to follow a loser? That's just me. I'm just saying, there's joy and excitement out there, but why would you want to follow something that's going to be defeated? I want to be on the winning side. I want to be on the winning side of my future, because here's what happened. Now, I'll get there in just a little bit. But when things turn, we've got to start walking after our future, the creator of all the universe defeated the enemy. And we are either on the side of victory, come on, anybody ever experienced victory? Anybody ever experienced what it feels like to win? You get excited. Your chest puffs out just a little bit. And if you keep winning, you get a little bit more and more and more and more excited, don't you? You get excitable. That's what's exciting about our future. Because there is winning in our future. Well, you don't know what I'm facing, Pastor. I don't. But God does. And God made a way. God made a way for rivers to flow in a desert. Hear me. God made a way for things to happen when they shouldn't happen. God made a way when there was no way. We sang, if you walk in heavy. I love that one, right? Caleb, I think, said go run a mile. (laughs) If you walk in heavy. You're going to walk out light. Why? Because that burden is going to be lifted. That burden that only God can do is going to be lifted off of us. And God is the victor when I read the back of the book. And guess who is defeated? The enemy. The enemy of your soul. The accuser of the brethren. Guess what you are? You are brethren and sisters. I will add to the Bible today. He is the accuser of the brethren and the sisters. Because he goes about whispering and deceit. He goes around murmuring and mumbling to try to get you to believe that there is nothing to be happy about in your future. And I'm here to tell you that your enemy is a liar. God has a hope and God has future for you this morning. It has been prophesied. In this Bible about the Lord's coming and His second coming. It has been spoken from this word and from pulpits. It has been written. It is thus saith the Lord in this Bible. There is no joke and it is no accident. It is truth and truth alone when we talk about God's promise and His victory. All we are waiting for is for the fullness of time to come again. Because when that fullness of time comes, the dead in Christ shall rise. Those who are here shall be called up like a twinkling of an eye and meet him in the air. You know what that is? That's a promise of a future to be excited about. Come on. It might be tomorrow. It might be two years from now. But it's what God has put in front of us. And while we are here, I'm getting hot. While we are here and while we are tearing. I did not leave you alone. I have left my spirit so that my spirit can teach and reside in you. You ever heard of the Holy Ghost radar? You get in a situation where it doesn't feel comfortable and things just start. Wait a second. Wait a second. Something's going on. You know what that is? That's your victory signal. That's your victory signal going, you shouldn't be here. All right. I'm going to be over here. Because I want to be in victory. That's your victory signal. God has put these things in front of us so we can be victorious. But no one has time to wait, do we? We don't have time to wait for His second coming. That's why the Spirit is here, so that we can go and we can be His light in this world. There is work to be done. We live in a world where sins abounds, do we not? Romans 3 23 in the King James says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. All of us. I wish my eyes can turn around in the back of my head so I could look at myself. It's really weird because you hear, you hear somebody stand behind this pulpit. You hear somebody, and all they're doing is looking out there. But it says, All these were Paul's words. And I could just picture as he begins to write these, he's examining his past life and he's going, I'm not excluded from this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory for God. Now, here's the problem with the statement it's a statement, it's not a pass to sin. It's not a free pass to go, well, everybody's done it. I might as well just keep on doing it. Nor is an excuse to not follow after God. It's a statement. By Paul and and the unction of the Holy Spirit, that sin is the condition we all at one point or time have found ourselves in. It's a condition, and Paul is making a statement that you live in a world surrounded by sin. And we have all been a part of it. It's a statement that says things aren't fair. You ever heard somebody say that? Things aren't fair. And then you thought about it, and you said, you're right, they are not. And then you kind of got a droopy face. And then you started thinking about it. And then you started going, yeah, things really aren't fair. I wish they were a little bit more fair. You know what's fair? When the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Come on, I'm not in my notes, right? But somebody needs to hear this. God is fair. He is a fair God. There has never been a fair, fair, fair than the Almighty God. And when He looks down upon us, He doesn't say, Oh, I'm going to put holiness on her, but hell over here. That's not how He looks. He looks and He says, the just and the unjust alike. But that doesn't take away from the excitement of your future. That shouldn't allow your eyes to turn down. Because what that does is it says there's no hope. What that does is it says, Jesus has no way in my life. Somebody hear me this morning. You came here on this 31st of December, 2023, not just for a little goosebump or a little sermon. You came for an encounter with God. 2023 wasn't fair to you, but God never left you. God never forsook you. God never turned His back on you. God never walked away from you. All the while He was there, going, "Come on, honey, just turn around." Come on, son, just walk to me. All the while He was there, just unctioning us, unctioning us in to His presence. Accidents happen, and people's lives are affected. Disease and sickness are real. People lie. Doctors make mistakes. Hurts happen. But that's not your future. That's not your future. You see, there is something to be excited about. It's not a resolution or a weight loss goal. Come on, get me on the weight loss goal bandwagon. But that don't help anybody at the end of the day. All as you are is skinny and still sinful. Or all you are is... Healthy and still sinful. Either way, you're dying and going to hell. Well, you think it matters if your fat's crispy crunch, crunching down there? <laughs> I took it to a whole bad place. Let me bring it back. <laughs> a living hope for a future is only found in Jesus Christ. Amen? Paul would say this as statement number two this morning in Romans five twenty through 21 God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. The law was given so that we could see it. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. As we sinned more and more, He didn't go, wow, there's no hope for them. What He said is, my grace is sufficient for thee. And He stepped in and He poured it out over all humanity. And He would go on to say in 21, So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. That's a future to be excited about. Giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ our Lord. We have right standing. We have grace to be found in God because of Jesus Christ our Lord. You can have nothing else But if you have Jesus, that's all you need. You can be poor. You could be in the poor house. You could be poor as Job's turkey. But if you have Jesus, that's all you need. You could be poor as poor. Or you could be rich as rich. But as long as you have Jesus, that's all we need. Somebody hear me this morning. You're walking into a future that you don't know what's in front of you. Can I tell you the God of all the universe knows exactly what's in front of you? And you know what's in front of you? He is. He is because when we are followers, stand up, I'm going to follow you for a minute. You just walk. Go ahead. Walk wherever you want. When we are followers of Jesus Christ, you know who's in. She's not Jesus Christ. (laughs) She's just a beautiful redhead. But I'm trying to give you an example. Because when I'm excited about my future, it's because He is in front of me. And I'm just following after Him. Oh, there's trouble coming. I can't see it because God is in front of me. Thank you. You can sit down. Because when we follow after Jesus, He is the future because He's right there. And that step is your next future step. You hear me this morning? I I feel excited. I feel faith. I feel excitement coming in. It's going to take a little bit, but I feel it coming in. I feel feel the enemy starting to get a one-two. He's getting a one-two. He's getting knocked around this morning because there's somebody that's starting to go, wow. If I just put my eyes on Jesus, it doesn't matter. My future now gets exciting. Look at this man up there acting like a fool up there telling me how exciting 2024 is going to be. He doesn't even know what I've been through. I don't because he does. And when you're following, that's all that's all that matters. Let me get into some more word this morning. Paul in the two scriptures declares the future and we have something to be excited about. It's a future That is found in Jesus Christ. When we commit ourselves to Him, He has already committed ourselves to us. Isn't that wonderful? Thousands of years ago, He already did it. Just for you, right now, on December 31st, 2023. He saw you. He saw you when He went on that cross. He saw you. He saw you sitting there in that chair. He saw what you have gone through. He saw the decisions that you had made. He saw the realness of life that has affected you. And he said, This from all the way back there I'm doing this for you so that you have a future. I'm doing this for you so that you can get excited about your future. I'm tired of the enemy telling you lies, and I've got a plan and a promise. For you, even, even in the midst of the most terrible trial, God is at work. Sometimes that good that Paul talks about in Romans 8 and 28 is seen quickly. Don't you love that? When God answers a prayer and it's quick, sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes we never even really understand the fullness of it. But every part of it is good because He has given it. Because He gives good, perfect gifts. The will of God has never changed for us. Jeremiah, He said through Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. It wasn't the children of Israel. It was for you. Yes, He had plans for them. But if He's got plans for them, guess what? He's got plans for you. He is, he is the all Mighty God. He has always wanted us to be with Him. He is always there, and He will always be there waiting. Waiting like a loving Father. Even, hear me, when we don't deserve it. Even when we don't deserve it. That is the future to be excited about. Jesus Christ. 2023. I'll just look at it bodily. 2023, guess what? We didn't even have a building. But look at what God has done. 2023. Some of you are new faces here this year. Look at what God has done. 2023. Some of us went through real, real, real problems. But look at you still sitting here. And look at what God has done. Listen, we're good, but we ain't that good. Because we're just flesh. And if you cut it, it bleeds. If you go through it, it hurts. Scars, they stick around and they're real. It's all real, but you're still sitting here. And what that means is there is a measure that is growing. And there is a measure that is multiplying. Because God doesn't work in onesie twosies. He works in multiplication. Just look at the way this body is blossoming. It's blossoming with multiplication. And when He comes in and He starts to move upon your life, the scar doesn't go away. Because it's a reminder, not now of the hurt, but a reminder of the greatness and faithfulness of God and what God can do in our lives because He is that good, you may live to regret many things but you will never live to regret putting your trust in Jesus Christ can I get a testimony from somebody this morning you will never regret there is a story found in John 8 about exactly what I'm preaching about this morning, the optimist the pessimist, a future to be excited about But the way it starts and ended, we might just brush across it as just a simple story. It was a day after the Feast of the Tabernacle. Jerusalem was filled. Isn't that always crazy? Jerusalem's always filled when Jesus starts to get in trouble. (laughs) There's a message there, but I'm not going there today. For eight days, they had been in booths, little tents with branches, and set up like they were out and replicating the wilderness scenario remembering the journey in the wilderness, they they were gathering, they were going back home to their village. I need a drink, can you get me water? They were going back to their village, but before they would leave, many of them would come early to the temple to visit the temple one last time because they were traveling out away from Jerusalem early, not 10 a.m. Come on, can I get a witness? It's hard to get here at 10 a.m. sometimes. But they were traveling, excuse me, thank you. They were traveling, and the Bible tells us that Jesus was teaching in the temple because he was now a rabbi. He had been a rabbi for quite some time. It's really what upset the Pharisees. And he was teaching in the temple, and there was a large crowd gathered around him some people to listen and learn, and some people to cause trouble and attempt to discredit him, like the Pharisees. While he was teaching, a group of men interrupted. You know the story where I'm going. Jesus knew who they were immediately. They were big time religious leaders in Jerusalem of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they had come to catch Jesus up that morning. They were agitated. They were insistent. As people who think they're important can be. You ever met somebody important? They like to let you know how important they are. Can you imagine this group of men that bust in and Jesus is teaching and they don't have time to wait and they just, come on, we got something for you, Jesus. Turn your attention over here. And he could feel the insistence upon them. The men made this woman who they had found in the act of adultery, they put her before Jesus and there's this woman standing in front of them and Jesus is standing in front of her. You could say that her future had been decided. Understand, she was found in the act of adultery. The act of adultery, according to the Old Testament, was death by stoning. Death. You could say that her future had been decided, right? Because according to the law, it had been decided. Somebody hear me this morning. You're living under a law that you can't achieve and live up to. But grace has come because that's what this story is all about. It's all about a God of mercy and grace that wants to lead you to a future. Because the law is right. And He came to fulfill the whole law. He didn't take a side piece out or any of it. He came to fulfill the whole thing. But now this woman is standing before him, dead to rights. Dead to rights. What does he have to say? And that's the whole reason they brought her. That's the whole reason. Because she had no future. He had no way out. It was either go against the law and the crowd would turn upon him or it was stone her and watch her die. And what does the Bible tell us that he does? He listens and he crouches down and he begins to write in the sand. We don't know what he wrote. There's theories of what he wrote, the names of the people that she slept with and all this kind of stuff. We have no idea. We just know that he bent and wrote in the sand. Death was her punishment, not much to be excited about. It was a trap. That he had no way out of. Come on, talk about fair. He was in a lose lose, and so was she. The future did not look promising. Hear me, because that's what some of us think we're facing in 2024. You think the script has already been written, you think the verdict is out, and you lost. That's what you're facing in 24. And you're hitting here listening to a preacher get all excitable and tell you there's something to be excited about. And it's why I want to take you to this story because you didn't read the end of it. She's dead to rights. He's writing in the sand. And he says, He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And he just keeps writing. Wouldn't it have been awesome? To sit at Jesus' feet wouldn't have been great. You're there. You're like, oh, he got him. The amen crowd would have been about. Woo, he got him. And he just says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. As he writes, simply that. That's the message. And one by one, oldest to youngest, they all walk away. And it's Jesus, it's that woman, and it's the crowd. Man, I would love to be that crowd. Just watching. See it. And she says, what should I do? And he says, is there anybody here to convict you? And she says, no. And he says, go and sin no more. Listen, there is a future That is excited to be for us. There is a future and a promise for us to get excited about this morning. And all it takes is us to go and sin no more. It's, It's the simplicity of the message. Because when sin is involved, it's death. It's destruction. The enemy came to steal, to kill, and destroy. But when a life Outside of sin is involved. It's abundance. It's more abundant. It's God. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's everything that you could imagine and more. That's what God has in store for us in 2024. If we walk out of those doors. If we commit ourselves right now to go and sin no more. I'm telling you. I'm Holy Ghost proud of what God is doing in this building. But can I tell you that if we truly go and sin no more, this building, I've I've said it before, and I'm not just being evangelical about it. This building ain't big enough to hold the people that God wants to bring inside. This 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 bill, we're going to have to go to two and three and four services or we're going to have to get something else. We're going to have to do things because when we go and sin no more, pastor, what are you talking about sin? What, what, are you, what are you talking about, this sin word? Are you talking about smoking and drugs and drinking? No, what I'm talking about is not following after God's will. Because that is the definition of it. Because that is the commitment of it. You say, well, you're preaching to new converts this morning. I'm not. I'm preaching to the one that's been in church 50 years, 70 years, 100 years, and two days. Because when it talks about sin, there is a constant movement towards God. Follow me this morning. We can get to the place like the Pharisees that brought that woman to Jesus. We can be the ones saying, well, look at the sin on them. Do something about it. Hear me. We can be the ones that say, well, they just need to grow up and, and mature a little faster in Christ. We can be that. That's not what God did. That's not what God, He said, He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then go and send the, the whole crowd. The whole crowd was watching. it. Talk about a message. They might have just came to the temple to get a little bit before they went home. And they got the fulment of a promise. They got the excitement of watching Jesus not just turn away the wretched Pharisee, but they got to see Him speak life into something that was dead. They got to see excitement flourish Out of something that had no hope, there was two choices, and he was stuck in those choices. The Bible says in John 8, 7 and 8, so that you know that I'm in the Word, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. John 8 and 10, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? There's no accusers in this house. Hear me. That's the enemy that's accusing you of stuff. That's the end. And guess what? He's been by the heel, by the heel of Jesus. It didn't even take the full body. It was just a little. It was just get excited. You know, when the enemy starts whispering to you, just do a little heel action. Just do it. Maybe you can do a toe tap or whatever. Just do a little heel kick and just remind yourself to remind him that he's been crushed. Because he said, where are your accusers? There ain't nobody accusing you of anything here today. What we're talking about is growing in this faith of this promise. This promise for tomorrow. This promise for your future. And he said, don't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said, John eight eleven, And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. You want to talk about what's exciting about your future? It's when you go and sin no more. Because God, God can take a uh, bald-headed, what is it, the goatee-wearing, drug addict, alcoholic, and he can say, I'm going to make you into a pastor of a church. I'm going to use you with all the scars, with all that pain. And I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you out there. Not for people to see, but so people can see the excitement of what future holds. When you take your life and you turn it in my direction and you begin to follow. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just following. I don't know how to get there, but I'm just going to keep on following Hear me this morning, because that wasn't the end. That was the end of the story. But John 11 turns into John 12. And we really like to preach John 12. But it's the context of the story, because the woman leaves. She leaves changed. She came in dirty. She left clean. She came in guilty. She left innocent. All of this, and the crowd is just chewing popcorn oh my goodness, what is going on? And they just watch. And then Jesus turns his attention back to them. And this is what he said in John 8 and 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I mean, come on, you can't get any more excited about that. A life, that, a light that leads to life. Stand with me this morning. They literally, the crowd literally watched every word unfold in front of their eyes. The woman once exposed to the light, once exposed to the light, Jesus had removed her accusers and forbid, forgiven her sins. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter your view on the future, as long as you focus on the hope, as long as you focus on Jesus, as long as you have a place to look to, we have a future to be excited about church, not just the church. But as individuals in a body, we have a future to be excited about. Go and sin no more. Simple, but yet so powerful. Because it's the sin that draws us out of the excitement. Think about it. When sin has entered into your life, think about how that excitement is the first thing to go away. Excitement is replaced by shame. Shame is replaced by doubt. Doubt is replaced by seclusion. Seclusion puts us in a place where there's nothing to be excited about. But all oh, that time that we get to our knees and we say, God, forgive us. Excitement begins to grow in the fullness of the hope that Jesus supplies. Well, Pastor, I wasn't raised in this, and I just don't know. Well, I've got a word for you this morning in Acts two and thirty-nine. And it says, This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away. The excitement of the future is not just for a few, but it's for all who would follow after Jesus. I wonder, I've been a little long this morning, but I wonder before we leave today, if we can find a place to pray, there is no accident that the first Tuesday of the month that we are going to gather together for prayer because it's prayer that is the vessel that will continue to fill the hope that's in our lives. And I wonder today, If where you're at or if you want to come up to this altar, if we can find a place to pray as our musicians begin to play and they begin to sing. Come on, let's dedicate ourselves one more time to the Lord before we walk through the gates of His promise. Come on, would you find a place to pray this morning? Let's seek out the Lord and all that He has for us today. There's no judgment here. Come on, just allow those words to roll out of your mouth this morning. Come on, just let that prayer be sincere. There's only one that's listening and it's Jesus that's listening this morning. Come on, let Him hear you cry out today. So good. Is he not? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in normal Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be
0: found in the show notes.